This week on The Zone of Truth, Griff and I celebrate the upcoming 92nd Academy Awards with some of our very own awards for the HLP. We creature feature some of the recent monsters faced by the party and also answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in The Zone of Truth. back and we're back dude you brought something to my attention just before we went online yeah uh and i brought us some special beers to celebrate it buddy we did this it is the one year anniversary of your show the zone of truth oh man and on this very special occasion i just want to take a moment to announce some very special news oh yeah Griff and I will be leaving the HLP to go full-time with Zone of Truth. Uh, we're retconning the introduction of Freya. Emily is going to take over as GM to uh, finish out the campaign with Brooks and Haley and nobody else. So, big big, uh, big event. Yeah, uh, big event. Not sure how the fans are going to respond to it. But I we'll think see. they'll enjoy it. I think they'll enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, we just really need to focus on what's important here. Yeah, so. I mean, God, I can't, I can't handle... All the work that goes Mm-mm. into doing this every other week. Mm-mm. Well, you heard it here, folks. It, it, here you go. The big news. Um, but what are we drinking tonight to celebrate Griffin? We are drinking a Blitzen Secret Stash from Levante. These are my last two tall boys from Christmas time. Some mocha stout. Cheers, buddy. It's Cheers, been a dude. good year. It has been a good year. Yeah. Man, I'm just like thinking about it. Like we've taken the show on the road. This More is the, than the, once. Yeah, this is the yeah. only show we've taken on the road. I think and we've, we've had taken th- it remote. Three remote episodes, right? Your dad, um, Wheeler Woe, Jason Lewis. Yeah, we I had a so. show at PaizoCon, yeah. a show at Gen Con, and then a show back home for me. Do you think we're going to be taking it on the road again in the new year? Dude, I have no doubt this is going <laughs> no on the road again. We need, on the road again. You know what? Uh, I've been hearing a lot of buzz already about PaisoCon this year. A lot of people in our sphere are going. And, dude, we just need to put aside a day where we record like 12 Zone of Truths with the people there. Yeah, that'd be fun as hell. I mean, there's so many people going. I feel like we're hearing a lot more buzz about it now because we're not like... I mean, I don't want to, I don't mean to brag listeners, but we have grown as a podcast in the past true, year yeah. since, since last PaisoCon. So it feels like maybe there's a little bit of an expectation that we go. Well, we'll be there. And we will be there. We'll so be there. we should probably book that soon. We probably should. We yeah. should probably figure out uh, if and when we're doing a meetup. That's true. You know what? We should. We'll take it offline. We'll take, we'll take it offline. This is a decision uh, we probably shouldn't talk through while we're recording. Nonsense. They they love to hear this. <laughs> this is a behind the scenes show after all. It's given the full the full product. All right. Uh, we're going to spend the next 20 minutes looking up flights. I think that's good content. Then we're going to have a discussion about the behind the scenes Patreon. Oh, <laughs> schedules. Uh, yeah. Ab- schedules. <laughs> um I said last year that I was going to fly first class this year. I'm I'm sticking to that. Oh, God, dude. We have to. I mean, at yeah. least on the way back. That was, that, was, that was horrific. That was one of the most hungover flights I've ever been on. 
it's a direct flight, but it still is five hours from Seattle to Columbus. That's that's a little bit of work. When I get like when I don't feel good, I get a little claustrophobic in the plane mm-hmm. when I can't get enough air. And I'm like, this is my life for the next five hours. I feel like dog shit. Yeah. The two of us are just reciprocally sweating, just mashed up against each other, hung over in the plane. Bad times. Let's uh, let's bring a fuck down of vitamin C. I mm-hmm. didn't get sick once. And you probably started the plague of Concrud at PaizoCon last year. Yeah. If you got sick uh, last year at PaizoCon, um, Direct your complaints to the HLP uh, Ethics and Compliance Department. Uh, I'll field all those questions because I was very sick at the beginning. I got I got better that first night, but uh, maybe it wasn't contagious. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. Nah, well. <laughs> but here we are, dude. We got we got we got some stuff on the agenda. I'm gonna roll up the sirenscape to get this show on the road. Wow, this is the longest streak. It, it legitimately might be. 26 it, episodes, I think it might be. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm keeping track. Okay, so here is banquet music. This comes from The Masquerade because we are being classy tonight. We are celebrating our first annual award show that I'm definitely not going to forget about in 2021. Well, it'll be... Episode 52, you'll just have to remember that it's the the annual episodes. No, I can't do that. I don't <sighs> think that's happening. <laughs> God damn it, Steve. I don't think that's happening. Uh, enjoy this first annual installment while it lasts. We're still going to have a whole bunch of the regular content at the end. But uh, Griffin and I want to give out some awards and talk about some of the crazy stuff that's been going on lately. So first and foremost, why are we doing this? Well... The Academy Awards are right around the corner. At the time that this episode drops, they're going to be coming out within like a week or something. It's the 92nd. People are excited about it. I never really was much of an Academy Awards guy. Um, I'm just doing this for the bit because I'm having fun. Uh, I was going to say, this is really not in either of our wheelhouses. Right. Um, but I've gotten a lot of feedback every day that this that the uh, Zone of Truth needs more bits. So uh, we're doing more really? bits. Really? A lot of people are saying you need more bits? Uh well, moving on. Um, so, uh, so at the 92nd Academy Awards, I'm going to run through the nominations for Best Picture, um, and 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 just just have you seen any of these movies, Griffin? We got Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. You being the big cinephile that you are, I'm sure you've seen them all. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to go see movies in the theater, so I'm a pretty bad barometer for what movies are good in the current year. Fair enough, fair enough. I really want to see Joker, and I've heard Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was really good. So those are the two that like I'm interested on that in on that list. Yeah, um, for me, I've actually only seen two of these movies. Um, I saw Joker. In fact, I saw Joker in theaters on my birthday. Um because it was like a Tuesday and there was nothing really to do. So I just went to go see Joker and I really did like it. I think you'll like it too. By all accounts, that movie should have been bad. Like a, a Joker movie itself sounds like a recipe for just like a shitty time. Like your suicide squad, right? Yeah. Right. And it's very surprising. I mean, again, coming from a person that hasn't seen it, that it ends up nominated for best picture. So mm-hmm. it's clearly not a comic book book centric movie as we know them yeah and then i also saw 1917 um that movie was phenomenal 
I think you'll really like it. It's a it's a World War One movie, but like the kind of it's very kind of Saving Private Ryan. But like the the catch there that really got me excited was that it's shot in a way that makes it look like one take, like a, a real time two and oh, a half that's hours. Cool. That's cool. It was sweet. It was really cool. Um, I have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I kind of want to. Quentin Tarantino movies for me are a little hit and miss. Sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. Yeah, I'm usually I'm usually a pretty big fan of the stuff he does, even like Planet Terror. Oh, D- Death Proof, I think was Death his Proof. his half of that, right? Was Death Proof his half? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Planet Terror was Robert Rodriguez. He was in Planet Terror. <laughs> yes, he was the he was the guard with the uh, melty schlong, if I remember correctly. Planet Terror was incredible. Yeah. I, yeah, I, f- I felt bad for Death Proof because it just couldn't live up. You can't live up to that. I can't Tarantino. do that. Don't don't put yourself in that situation again, Quentin Tarantino. All right. Well, you you haven't seen any of these movies, Griffin, but I know you have seen 2019 movies, and I know you've seen movies in 2019. Um, what's your favorite 2019 movie, man? Like, ignore all the stuff on the page right here. What would you nominate for Best Picture? I mean, we got to go horror. Because we are a horror podcast, and mm-hmm. this one came highly recommended from you, and I'm very glad I watched it. And it did come out this year, uh, Midsummer, dude. That movie is fucking lit. That was such a great horror movie. It's yeah, it's it's different. It's like it's, it's like daytime the entire time. Oh yeah, it's yeah. very non-traditional, and uh, kind of leaves you feeling bad at the end, but in like a good way. I don't know. It makes you feel things, and a lot of movies don't make me feel anything. We've uh, we've started to get a like pretty substantial following uh, up in like the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, holler Scandinavia. <laughs> Is it really that scary? <laughs> Is it really that bright all the time? Oh God. Yeah, that's it, gonna be enough for me, Doug. Yeah, Midsummer. I think this is a weird qualifier to say, but it has my favorite gore in a movie ever. Like just the way that it's really bright and lit. Everything is super visceral and out in the open. Um, I'm not like crazy about gore or anything, but it just was very shocking when you saw it like lit up bright as day um, and really like kind of nailed it home there. Well, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, you know, the scene where the gore first happens and, Yep, and it, it gets wild after that, but just that scene is so terrifying <laughs> because it looks like it literally looks like the sun is at its apex in the sky for this entire scene and just death and and not quite death. Yeah, I had actually forgotten that Midsummer came out this year. I knew it came out on video on demand this year. I didn't realize that it was actually in theaters this year, which I saw it in theaters, so I should have remembered that. Um, but that is absolutely up there for me, too. I loved that movie, and it's uh, it's very good. I would recommend it to all of our like horror junkie listeners. Um, as for me, I, I, have, I'm, I'm a little, I feel a little obligated here, but... Um, my favorite movie of the last year was Rise of Skywalker. I know nobody wants to talk about it. I know Griffin doesn't want to talk about it. Not at all. So I won't. Um, and I know it's it's kind of controversial. There's a lot of people that really didn't like it, and uh, I, I don't I don't care. I, don't at me. I don't, I don't I don't want to talk about it. What's um, uh, what was your favorite scene that would spoil something if somebody hasn't seen it and would make our listeners hate you? Hmm. Well, in the last thirty, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I couldn't. 
uh, all, all I'll say is that if you liked episodes seven and eight, I think you're really going to like nine. It was a lot of fun. Um, but because Griffin doesn't want to talk about it, and it would be very spoiler heavy to talk about it at all because it is, you know, chapter nine of nine or whatever. I didn't really want to talk about it today. I wanted to bring up a movie that I don't think you've seen from 2019, Griffin, um, that is also horror, but I think you'd love. It's the movie Us. Is that the the Jordan Peele? It is. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I've been meaning to see that. I can't believe we haven't watched that together yet, dude. That came out in 2019, saw it in theaters with Brooks. Um, and again, like Midsummer, it's a very unexpected horror movie. Yeah. You know, it's... it. I mean, if it's anything like Get Out, it's going to be, right? I liked it better than Get Out, and yeah. I loved Get Out, too. Um, it was it was just a, a very well-executed, it kept me, kept me guessing the entire time. And then when you actually find out what is driving like the, the scariness of it, um, it's something I never would have predicted, and I really liked that. It was good. And I think the... The, the leading lady, I'm going to butcher her last name, but it's uh, Lupita Nuong or something, um, effectively plays two roles. And I personally think she should win Best Actress in this year's Academy Awards, even though she's not even nominated, which is ridiculous. She was phenomenal. Was so good. Hmm. It was great. I'm assuming the playing two people is a, uh, a part of what's scary about that movie. Yes. Um, uh, if you, I mean, it's that's no spoiler. I mean, it's in the trailers, but effectively, it's a it's a story of a family that goes on vacation, and in the middle of the night, they get woken up or something, and another family is standing in their driveway, all menacing like, and they come to realize that it's them. And is it clones of them? Um, is it? Are they imagining it? Is it something like weird and sci-fi and magic? You just don't know, hmm. and you. It, kept me guessing the entire time uh it's really creepy you know what else uh you know speaking of movies okay about two days ago for the listeners it'll be about nine days ago uh a movie called tucker and dale versus evil oh god had its 10th anniversary oh my god <laughs> jesus can't Christ. believe in that didn't even happen in 2019 did it did you no. watch? You watched it after Christmas, didn't you? Uh, I've actually probably watched more of Tucker and Dale in 2019. If you combine all of well, the yeah, parts I've seen, I've seen more Tucker and Dale in 19 than, than in 2020. However, you finished it in 20. I finished it. I watched the entire thing in 2020. At least you made it before the 10 year anniversary. That's true. I was really gunning for it because I totally knew that it was. The yeah, I mean, that's what I, that was kind of on my calendar. I was like, I gotta get Steve to finish this before mm. for the ten year anniversary, so we can watch it again. Yeah, you were really, you were really stressing out about that. Did you like drug me with uppers or something to keep me up? I should have. I mean, given the amount of times we tried, I should should have just been spiking, spiking everything with zip fizz. Well, I mean, you're gonna hear it here, here first, listeners. Uh, if Tucker and Dale. Two happens in the lifetime of this show. Um, we'll just live stream an episode from the back of the theater. <laughs> Fuck that! We're, go- <laughs> we're going to the we're going to the premiere. We're gonna go in costume. <laughs> I'll get my giver sh- giver hat. Amazing. Um, all right, so whatever. the The Academy Awards are happening this year, but what are people really excited about? They want to hear. The first annual Antrellis Awards. 
Oh, and Trellis Awards. I like that name. There you go, man. So let me explain to listeners a little bit. We're doing our own little award show. We're obviously doing it every year. I said that earlier. Um, and it's called the Andrellis Awards, just like the Academy Awards. And instead of Oscars, we're going to be giving out Aaron L's. Okay. So it's a gi- it's going to be a giant shadowy golden bird. Um, I'll make up the trophies eventually. But I have come up with a whole bunch of categories. Um, and we're going to maybe maybe there might be a little bit of debate. I have proposed who should win in each of the categories. And uh, we're going to be awarding all of the awards tonight. Um for reference, however, these only are the 2019 episodes. So we're starting with episode 21, Eight-Legged Puppies, and this is going to go all the way through Evil Interlude 13, Trial of Fire, which dropped on the 31st of December of this past year. What even happened in Eight-Legged Puppies? You guys fought the spiders and it was like, oh, they're like puppies in the chapel in the church. Oh, or, like sorry, level in the, one in, the, of, in the prison. Yeah, uh, it was Hero like the Stone. first floor of Harrowstone. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we were so young back then. <sighs> okay, so spanning all of those episodes, I'm gonna start with a little little, little intro here. Okay. So just like the Academy Awards, um, that really, re- really, really uh, focus on what people are wearing. Griff, what are you wearing to the, this this award show tonight? Well, I need to walk down the red carpet you've so graciously uh, put in the room. I had to rent it. It was $30 a foot. So, <laughs> Good thing this is a small room. <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing a... Well, I'm, we'll, start, we'll start from the bottom and go up. Okay. My heels on point. Mm-hmm. Because they're way on points. 10-inch heels. Okay. Sequined. Yep. Sequined, 10-inch yep. heels. But that's probably the most outlandish part of my outfit. The rest is kind of subdued. Nice black dress. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, like it is very low cut, but instead of showing the cleavage, it's, um, you know, it's it's uh, got kind of like a like a lace pattern. Sure. Uh, no sleeves, obviously. Okay, of course. Who would wear Come sleeves? Um, it's and, almost forty degrees out. Come on. Yeah, and I have. Uh, I actually am wearing my hair up. Oh. Um. So you're trying to tell me you're you're not wearing a shirt with a pig on it? What? As for me, um, I am in a full tuxedo with um with a vest on underneath it, blue, of course. Or no, purple from a tomb bay. Sorry, I was confused there for a second. Um, I'm all- it makes me feel like you're not really wearing this. Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, I am also wearing a top hat because I'm bringing that back. Bring and, it back. And, and it's a little bit of an ode to the show itself. Um, and I have a crow on my shoulder, just like Aaron now. Stuffed or alive? Well, can't, can't tell, you tell it it's alive? Well, it hasn't really moved. Yeah, it's, yeah he's just... Just well-trained? Yeah, well, yeah. very well-trained. Okay. Um, so now that everybody has a picture in their mind about what we're all wearing um, and can make their fan art accordingly, <laughs> um, let's start with the first category. So the first Aaron Award of 2019, most uncomfortable spell delivery. I have here that the award should go to Pavlos for kissing to heal. 
Yes. <laughs> I think I think we may have some honorable mentions with like Matumbe kneeling down and like crouching behind Eclipse and buffing her mm-hmm. with just, you know, the way those proportions work out. That's kind of weird. Um, but Pablo's kissing to heal. Where did that even come from? I, I, that's that's the question I wanted to ask you, like. Because Pavlos was a lot of improv. You were that's, oh, Pavlos was all improv. Yeah, not in the book. You're coming off off the rip with this kind of stuff. I think it was kind of to tease you guys that, yeah. I, that I had done it because like you kept like you kept getting hurt and like needing to heal, and then you started like going to the church, and I was like, I'm gonna make a character that uh, at least makes you uncomfortable for coming back here so often. Uh, so I made Pavlos. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I I think that's the right call. Um, if there, if you think at home that there was a more uncomfortable spell delivery, feel free to let us know. Oh, but yeah. um, congratulations, Pavlos. All right, that quiet crow sound <laughs> that you might have heard is um oh it means we're moving on to the next one that means that the award has been awarded this bit is killing right now all right uh best npc name i gotta give it up to seymour wiener come on seymour wiener is a great one um and and i agree with you but i think pavlos is an honorable mention because mm-hmm. that's also a completely made up name mm-hmm. that i felt like i did that one off the cuff and it actually sounds kind of believable that's true seymour wiener obviously does not sound believable i think some notable mentions um i wanted to kick it to jasmine phoenix but that was 2018 yeah it's 2018 so i couldn't mention her um and then of course uh rachel strapple i don't know if you remember her yep dead kid in uh <laughs> in that one town or whatever that yep. uh, one of the one of the dead uh, dead kids in Herkstag. yep so Congratulations, Seymour Wiener. Here's a crow sound. <laughs> That's so weak. It sucks. <laughs> this is doing great. All right. Um, next up, best player facial hair. No winner. <laughs> well, all- I mean, the only option is Brooks because you don't grow any facial no. hair. And, uh, and you could never call his the best. Nope. Uh, yeah, I can't, I grow like a pretty terrible, like under my chin. Um, I don't want to say neck beard cause it's just like throat beard. Like it throat only covers beard. my esophagus only and the nothing Adam's else. Apple. So I just keep myself clean shaven. Um, but unfortunately that means that there are no winners in this category. No air no will be awarded. Um, could be coming back in 2021 or 2020, yeah. whatever. I'm confused. Moving on. Most impactful character death. And a lot of people might be thinking this would be going to Lyra. Didn't die in 2020. (laughs) Sorry, Emily. Good luck in 2021. (laughs) Well, no, she'd be 2020. Mm, That's true. She didn't die in 2019. That's true. So there's time if Matumbe or somebody else dies next episode that she could get upset. (laughs) Yep. There's plenty of time. We got a whole year. That's true. For her to get uh, dethroned. You know what would be great is she got dethroned by herself, Freya. Oh, God. Oof. Yeah, well, I mean, Viv may or may not die soon. We'll see. Um, but I had this going to the Lopper, but I don't know how I feel about that because he was kind of already dead. Yeah, he was already dead. But like his like 
dying again while being dead has propelled a lot of other character development in the story. So I think that's pretty impactful if you count it. I mean, I could count it. I could see where you're coming from. I'm trying to think of another more impactful death. And I mean, you guys have killed a lot of things, but grinds. Yeah. Like Vorsager grind. Those kind of rippled, but yeah, I'd give it to the lopper. I mean, honorable mention, uh, when you guys killed the manticore and now, you know, the baby manticores are a huge part of eclipse and, uh, Oh my God. Just the biggest plot point. (laughs) Biggest plot point. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, all right. Congratulations. The lopper. You want an air now. All right. Um, best on air rant. I, I've got two up here. I think we can debate this either way. We have our buddy Krusty Crust ranting about bird points on the Zone of Truth. Good 10 minutes at the end of one of the episodes. Yeah. And then we also have Tim's half drunken Zone of Truth uh, ooze morph shifter rant. This is, I think also this might a be a tough one. one. Yeah, that's a, that's a toss up. I'll throw in here the uh, rant against Brooks's facial hair. Oh, that was pretty good. Also, maybe uh, there were some good rants against uh, Emily's drink poles. Oh, God. We lit her up good. We lit her up good. There was a whole. um, That's when the the HLP ethics and compliance department thing came up. Still (laughs) do that whole episode. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that that was one long rant, wasn't it? We were talking about Brooks's facial hair, and then we were talking about the bullshit of Emily's drink pole. And that's was fire. That yeah, one? that was all one rant. Oh, that might be the winner then. That's a great one. Um, I still think the the bird point one was fucking ridiculous. At least we gave a warning for that one. That's true. I I think we might have to give it to the bird points. He didn't he do a pants gap thing in that episode? Yeah, he too? talked about the pants oh, gap God. too. Yeah, he's a yeah an eccentric guy. I, th- I think we have to give it to the bird points. First of all, because this is a bird award. Feel bad if we didn't. And, I mean, come on. The shockwaves of that have rippled across the Discord. People are assigning bird points. Uh, this weird culty 2E thing is happening around Chris. Um, I really don't want to know where it's going to go in 2020. But congratulations, I guess. I'm worried if Chris makes it to PaizoCon. Congratulations, Chris. Somehow you won an air and L. All right. These are participation Chris. trophies, Chris. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a category I'm very excited about. The most egregious abuse of the HLP shared universe with our off-air games. Oh, God. Well, I mean, does it have to be off-air, though? I feel like, I feel like we've gone back and forth on that. How do you mean? I mean, I've brought the off-air shit on air. Well, well, right. So I guess that could be considered here. Or is that just, like, me making it a shared universe now, and then what's the most egregious abuse of that? I guess so. I guess that that point, yeah. Okay. So my, 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 my thoughts here, um, just a second ago, we were talking about Tim's Uzmore shifter and how uh, this character was uh, awful 
somehow survived. Somehow our, survived. Don't our, know how. Our run through that one book of Curse the Crimson Throne. Probably because six players and uh, every other player was highly every other optimized. Was highly optimized. Yeah. Um, but lose more shifter or Gil survived and. In our return of the Rune Lords game that we've been playing off air, Tim uh, had this big reveal that Orgil, who's Morph Shifter, has become Queen of Corvosa, which now means that that is canon on the HLP. Yeah. How does that make you feel, Chris? I mean, that's kind of (laughs) shitty, but I did create the continuity, so... I mean, so I put, you're gonna do this yourself. I put but. Garrity in the evil interlude, which then, but then that also like, that's that's one of those really cool things. Like when we fight the Whispering Way mm-hmm. in Return of the Rune Lords, which we're doing right now. It's like, oh, that's one shared universe thing. Like this is happening 20 years after this happened with the evil interlude party, and 10 years after this happened with the. Well, with whatever party you guys have left by the time we finish book six. Yeah. It, it, it is pretty cool to tie it all together. It's been a lot of fun. I think we've talked about Matumbe. Not in in the... I feel like Tim's brought Matumbe up. Yes. Yeah, he brought Matumbe up one time talking about like a like a Phrasmid Inquisitor. Oh, like I, stories I, about a Phrasmid Inquisitor that like... You know, he didn't. He left it vague whether he lived or died. <laughs> yep, yep. Matumbe exists in, in all of it. Um, it is. It's. It's cool for us to have this all live in one universe. But um, the Uzmar Shifter thing was becoming a queen was such a slap in the face. It. I loved it so much because every other character was better. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, this character basically almost like doesn't have a mind. Like, well, it's weird. At like what were we? Fourteenth level, fifteenth level? You could have a mind for half a day. Oh, yeah, you're right. Alright. Oh, I gotta award the Aranel here. Gotta give up that shitty bird call. Here you go. Congratulations, Tim. You want an Aranel. Best sign off. <laughs> I don't think there's competition. There's no competition for this one. So, if you've listened this far, you've certainly whole you cer- oh god, you certainly heard our interview live at PaisoCon, like we were just talking about, yeah, with our friends from Wheeler Woe, and they were just a joy to hang out with that whole weekend. I am so stoked to be spending another weekend with them this year. Um, but we recorded Zone of Truth with them, and I'm not sure if you folks at home uh, picked up to it. I mean. I think just Griffin and I knew because we were in the same room, but uh, they showed up a little lit. Yeah, a little lit. A little. Just a smidge. Um, There's a ton of editing on that episode, <laughs> and and we left a lot in too. Yeah. Uh, no, it was it was so much fun to be hanging out with them and to interview them and stuff. But uh, they they had a couple drinks before they showed up, and we're getting close to the end of the episode. And we've got, like, two more questions to go in the zone of truth. Like, we've only been recording for an hour or so. And Woody just signs off the show. It's been great, guys. Peace, love, and roll the dice. (laughs) And the room's just silent. Everyone's like, 
<laughs> what? what? Did you just sign off of not your show? <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. I I laughed so hard. It was great. Um, Woody, we love you to death. Um, folks, if you don't listen to Wheeler, well, you should. It's a lot of fun. They're all great people. Um, but specifically, Woody, congratulations. You want an air now. Boy, I feel like this crow's getting quieter. As the music builds and crescendos, <laughs> the crow is just muted. Yep. Um, all right. So our next category. Closest call with copyright law. Oh, boy. Now, we have not received any cease and desists from anybody, but it's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. And I think... It was a good thing that we did this early in our run when we were a smaller podcast. Yep. <laughs> and we completely ripped off a show. Griff, you took a lot. Of, you, you really went out of your way for this one. You put in a lot of effort. It was, yeah. I think the delivery and how it turned out was amazing. But this was a, a brush with, uh, with some copyright law. So, episode 31, I believe, part one. Splatterday Night Live, the Saturday Night Live rip at the, at the beginning with, with their full music and exactly how uh, how people get introduced. Um, yeah, that uh, that could be problematic. I think it it's not too much of a stretch to see that uh, we were definitely doing a Saturday Night Live rip. I think. Uh, Birdemic, if they were big enough, mm. we might have played enough of that on the run of the show so far that they might come after us if, if you know, that was still a That's thing. True. Or Director that, uh, that movie James had more the gun. Than, yeah, that yep. movie had more than a $20,000 budget. Dude, I uh, I actually just rewatched Birdemic with my buddy Nick when he was in town last weekend. And when we were watching it, I started looking up some facts, right? I, I realize I'm getting sidetracked, but I promise this is worth it. Um, they came out with the original movie big cult success of course they're going to make a second one so they made a second one second one's pretty bad it's pretty self-referential like it's not funny because it's bad it's funny because they're like they're trying to be funny so it's Mm -hmm. not that good anymore yeah um but then the director wanted to make a third one that was called like birdemic three sea eagle or something no idea what that means but (laughs) he started like a gofundme campaign with a goal of like five hundred thousand dollars and I think he he only raised like six hundred. Six hundred dollars. Oh <laughs> yeah. boy, it's oh, really boy. embarrassing. <laughs> you, you, anyone can raise six hundred dollars on GoFundMe. I know it's, and this is like a a, a you know a, a big motion picture. Like certainly nothing, like you know it's it's no it's no like fucking Avengers movie or something. But it's like a, a movie I've heard about, right? Like, yeah. unbelievable. But anyway, congratulations, Griffin, for your Splatterday Night Live and Splatterday Night Dead. Um, here's an Arno. I feel like we might have been we would be getting close with uh, Baker Street too. Mm. <laughs> We've done that a couple times. Yes, and uh, what the listening audience actually will know by now, at the time that this episode is dropped, I have downloaded a soundboard on my computer, Uh-oh. and I have loaded in Baker Street. And Birdemic. So you're going to be hearing a lot more of that. Worried about that. Yep. It's going to be great. Especially the Birdemic, because that just rapes your ears every time. But you know what? 
let's hear it. Oh, no. Here you go. So just imagine this is happening naturally in an episode. So just a couple seconds. Yeah. Just to know that this is pretty That was tasteful. That was yeah. tasteful. Trying to be. All right. This is going to be our last one for the night, Griffin. Or at least the last for this segment. And then we're going to move on to our regular scheduled programming. The award for rowdiest a drunken discorderly has ever gotten. Oh, boy. Nominations. You and me taking pulls of Everclear straight out of the bottle. And Haley taking it away from us and hiding it. Or Emily taking a shot of rum out of a giant syringe wielded by Brooks and he sprays it into her eyes, almost blinding her. <laughs> Honorable mention, the the time Haley thought it was a good idea to do a surprise moonshine rotation. Ooh, yes. Moonshine that tasting. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Don't leave us up here with 10 jars of moonshine. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the two of us got pretty heated because we had the peppermint moonshine yeah. between the two of us. And she, she said she couldn't remember which one of us, but one of us, we were alternating poles, and one of us set the jar down too close to themselves out of reach of the other, and that other person got mad. That makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Got, got preheated. Well, I have a desk over here, so. Yeah. It sounds right. I, pr- I probably gave you some shit for that. Um, but what do you think, man? Do you think it's the poles of Everclear? The Halloween syringe shot? Something else? I mean... Wasn't the time you brought a girl back oh, to drunk discordantly? That got pretty wild. Yeah, that's a little wild. Yep, I got a little wild. Um, I, it, could it be that? It could be. I mean, uh, it's it's difficult to do this because uh, the wildest ones are the ones we don't remember. That's that's actually a good point. Um. Yeah, I'm going to say second place is a tie between Everclear and the Halloween syringe shot. Uh, number one goes to uh, Brooks, Emily, and myself bringing a random girl onto the episode, um, playing the drinking game while we're listening to the cannibal feast from the second evil interlude. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot you guys did an evil interlude. So we made her uh, listen to uh, that. Yeah. What a mess. Yeah, that's uh, um, suave. That's all you're going to eat. That's all you guys at home are going to hear of this story. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations, Steve. <laughs> Congratulations, me. Uh, I won an Aaronel. So I think that concludes our big Antrellis Awards of 2019 ceremony. Griff, thanks for sharing this with me. Yep. I was, uh, I was very excited about this, and I can't wait to do it again next year. But time to move on to a little creature feature. So the last couple episodes of the HLP have seen the introduction of Freya, and we've gone through a couple combats with her. We had a very narrow encounter with a basilisk that we got out of really quickly. We had a knockdown, drag-out fight with a black pudding, and then we crossed a bridge and fought the Guardian of the Tower, this Gurion flesh golem monstrosity. Let's just kind of walk through those creatures and and talk about maybe some of the stuff we missed, some of uh, the tactics that they used, um, maybe some things that we didn't see on the episode, and get into it, man. 
Yeah, for sure. So the first one I want to start with is that Basilisk fight, because although it was only a couple rounds and we actually didn't really fight it, um, I feel like there was a lot of stuff we would have missed, right? Basilisk is a pretty classic creature. Yeah, it's a pretty classic creature. This one was not that. Oh, what, was, what were we uh, fighting? It was different. A little bit different. It's um, it's called a slime-infected basilisk, but the Ew. the background is basically that um, the basilisk was infected with abolith slime and studied here. Abolith slime, like the otherworldly creatures that face the Aslanti Empire? Yes. Oh, wow. That's cool. And... Um, that effectively makes it a normally a basilisk is a magical beast. This is an aquatic magical beast, so it has the um, it it can breathe underwater and has a swim speed and all of that. That also gave it, and you guys kind of saw this in the episode. It's transparency. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes transparent when it's under water. It gets like a plus twenty to stealth. Okay. When it's fully submerged, so when it popped up, you actually got to see the part of it that was above the water. That's, um, I mean, entirely unique to this slime-infected basilisk. I actually foreshadowed this, this one in particular, when Eclipse and Lyra brought the manacores back. Huh? Or brought the manacores to uh, Eve Sherwind. Okay. And he was, like, dealing with a basilisk. So it was kind of like, what do you have to do with the basilisk? Oh, you have to avert your gaze. You have to like, like you guys wear these blindfolds, oh. like that kind of thing. Wow, I didn't realize that at all. No, I yeah. did not put two and two together. That was what a long time yeah. ago, twenty episodes ago, maybe. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, the big tease for the <laughs> five I mean, minute combat. It's kind but- of fun. Sometimes I throw these teasers in there and. Uh, the listeners that are running Carrying Crown mm-hmm. pick up on them. Yep. Because they're they're running it and they're prepping the stuff. So where, like where whereas somebody playing in it like me is just like, oh, he is like a Steve Irwin person right, who just like deals right. with a bunch of magical creatures. Of course, like he's gonna have knowledge about a basilisk and a griffin and like that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's it's fine. I thought that was just you like freeballing. I'll get I'll get like messages. It's like, oh, that was really cool that you brought that up because they're gonna face one in you know, whatever they get to the schloss. Hmm. So, yes, that was foreshadowed a little bit. There's, um, there's some cool stuff about a basilisk. Obviously, it has that gaze attack, DC 15, or you turn to stone. Okay. Permanently. Okay. You hit a 15 during that fight. Yep. Um, and this is the biggest thing I wanted to talk about with you tonight. So Matumi's on the wall, spider climb, saves. What? How, how would you have played that? Would he have been like stuck to the wall like a gargoyle? Would he have fallen down? Oh, you would have fallen into the yeah. pool, I think. You would have fallen into the pool because then that creates the, we have to fight this basilisk if we want to get Matumbe out. Mm-hmm. You guys had those vials of fresh basilisk blood. So unlike like a Medusa or, or a um, a Gorgon that would turn you to stone with a gaze attack a and and that basically requires a stone to flash mm-hmm. 
a basilisk has kind of a caveat there because it's a lower CR that says that if you basically rub the the stone creature the the turn to stone creature down with fresh basilisk blood it will return to flesh so you had two vials that were each were enough to bring somebody back from that if you killed the basilisk it has enough blood if you can get it out of the water fast enough uh, to cover 1d3 people sure so if this fight had happened before you found the vials it, it might be like a okay two people are stone and we only have enough to save one mm-hmm. situation but yeah I definitely would have made you fall in and had the rest of the party go after you and start to have to make those saves as well you bypassed it by saving both times and then you know, obviously, what I was doing there is a creature with a gaze attack can actually spend its action to force another save. Okay. So, on your turn, it was like, do you look away? Do you do you look right at it, but move full speed and and not get concealment? Do you look away, have have the concealment, but only have a 50-50 chance of save or having to save, or do you close your eyes entirely, move half speed, be blind while you're spider climbing? and remove the need for a save entirely. So you could have done all of those things on your turn, but the thing is, when it's its turn, it can do, like, it can look for your eyes Mm -hmm. and try and gaze at you, and that forces a save. Huh. That's pretty cool. And and that's standard with creatures with gaze. You You can forgo your action to do that. And, and that's a good thing to do as a basilisk because really they only have a bite. I mean, the bite was a, at a plus 12 and it was 1d8 plus 7, but... Even still, that's, that's not like, that great, you know? You want to turn somebody to stone. Yeah. I'm, I was interested to hear that this had like a cool, interesting subtype um, because when I... And I, and I really didn't look up any anything specifically about this creature i just keyed in basilisk real quick on google and saw like cr4 or something i was like all right well we could have just steamrolled that and moved on yeah this was a cr6 so it was a little harder yeah but you know i'm glad they punched it up a little bit made it interesting that's kind of cool i mean that's the same thing they did with the vargoyles right Mm -hmm. it's like normal vargoyle cr2 these things giant vargoyles cr3 and then you make them in a group i think that's they're they're adding templates and stuff on top of just introducing new things in in this part of the schloss. Yeah. So just a question about like this specific creature. Not not the creature as a whole, but like this specific instance of it. Mm-hmm. Um had it like broken out of a cell or something, or was it being worked on? Because it was in this like uh, this part of the the schloss is like kind of I don't know if it's like the locks or or like part of the dam or like a sewer almost it's all kind of flooded out yeah um is it supposed to be there because yeah it's the only room that's deeper okay so it had an enclosure below oh it, it was like a deeper enclosure that got the catwalk out of the range of the gaze mm-hmm. and they obviously had the blood there as a like a you know, last ditch a safety. You, know, you got to yeah. feed it or whatever, so you probably have to get close to it. So it's like, yeah, like the like having anti 
venom when you are a zoo with a reptile room, basically. Yep. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it, it didn't it didn't really escape. It's just its enclosure got bigger when everything flooded because it was aquatic. Okay, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if it had broken out of something and made its way there or was just there by happenstance, uh, but that makes a whole lot of sense. So as a party, we hop on out of that because we're like, fuck that. We're not fighting this thing. Um, try to subvert by going through another room and Matume opens a door and sees a black pudding slips right through, but it becomes a pretty, uh, pretty slam down encounter. Speaking of creatures that have escaped. Tell me more, man. The, Where the did black, this come from? The black pudding was in the one room you didn't go in. Oh, really? That's where its original enclosure was. It can corrode stuff, so the door is completely corroded. It's just corroded through the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, it corroded the catwalk and that kind of thing. So um, it starts to move towards you when it when it senses, like, food. Yeah. And so when you're dealing with the door on the other side, mm-hmm. which is literally, like... 10 feet away from the door to its enclosure. That's when I had it like break through there and then enter the hallway. And then it's in the hallway. And as you guys are making noise and moving yep. through it, it moves through with you and came out on Matumbe. If you had failed to get the door open, I would have given you like one more try and then it would have just broken through and it was the door. Just, it was yeah. just like corroded through or whatever. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, this was a this was an interesting encounter. It was it was cool to be the the person doing bludgeoning damage at least at first. I know eventually Freya figured it out and stuff. Um, but I, I I did like the different dynamics of how sound traveled. We closed oh, yeah, off yeah. closed off uh, different entrances and stuff, so Matumbe couldn't share what he knew and stuff. Um, it it was frustrating. Made a lot of sense though, and it was really cool. Well, it has a special ability called suction okay which is why i kind of did that sound proofing thing what's suction so it it gives it it gives it like a perfect climb speed basically mm-hmm. like uh it allows it to suck to any surface so it basically has spider climb like you did um but obviously it doesn't have appendages to yeah. need to hang on but it sucks to whatever surface and so when they were covering the doors, I just figured, like, well, with suction, they'd be sucked. It'd be a perfect seal around mm-hmm. the door. So you'd literally be yelling through. Yeah. I mean, it's they're, a, they're huge creatures. Happen, yeah. You'd be yelling through 15 feet of gel. It's, so. Right. So, I I mean, I was only going to make it like a DC 20 perception check to hear the gist of what you were saying. But nobody even made that. And mm-hmm. honestly, you probably just sounded like. Good. <laughs> Yeah, may, maybe even they they might have heard like noise, but through fifteen feet of jail, there's no. You maybe can tell that your friend's shouting something, but there's no way you can pick up like specific stuff. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I think I mentioned it on the episode. I I read a lot about these things because they have this like um, this division ability mm-hmm. where when they get hit by slashing or piercing, they divide. Yep. and just split their HP. So I was I. I think I read about this like when we entered book two and I was kind of rereading it for the first time. And I was like, that definitely means it goes down a size category, right? Consensus is it. I mean, it's a little bit mixed, but consensus is it doesn't. 
So it just splits the health and gets like less dense. Yeah, yeah. That's but like it's still weird. the same size. And I'm just thinking like, all right, well, I'm going to GM Fiat that like at some point it gets smaller mm-hmm. because I mean, think about if, if I had three huge things in that room, I think it, the room would be all ooze. Yeah. There, it, it just wouldn't fit. Right. And I'm you like, I'm all mess. about, I'm all about like not stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> like if it doesn't, if it, if it can not stress me out, I'd like it that way. So that's how I, I was like, all right, well, it goes to two large sizes. Can you imagine like, like the room we're in right now is as human beings. If we were just standing at the door and this entire room was full of pudding, like that's what you would be facing. I mean, you'd be facing that with just a b- black pudding, like not. Well, I guess you're right. I mean, this room's yeah. this room's not that big, right? It, Ten I mean, by fifteen, maybe or something, right? Yeah. And it's fifteen by fifteen, so so that thing like, fills up the room. Like a fucking cafeteria. Yeah, have to split a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we kind of lose the scale of how big these rooms actually are mm-hmm. in the Schloss. I mean, they're like sixty feet wide, which is like a house. Yeah. It's a lot of ooze, man. Yeah, it's a lot of ooze. No kidding. Um, is there anything crazy else you wanted to talk about the ooze? No, I think we touched most of it. Yeah, in the, in the, in the episode, you the see episode, most of their yeah. attacks and stuff, constrict, all that garbage. Um, but the episode ends, we move on, um, we cross a bridge, and we get into what seems to be the final tower of the Schloss. It and is. And this is a long time coming. Like, we're ready to go. I'm ready to go. And... There's a broken cage. Don't know what to do with that is. But immediately, this Grion, this four-armed gorilla. You know, we've seen these things before as the host for the Varghuls. But this one is um, a Frankenstein version of that, effectively. Yep. Right? And we proceed to have just a slugfest of an encounter. Trading blows. What's the deal with this guy? <laughs> So it's an advanced variant Gorion flesh golem. What a that's mouthful. a mouthful. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Chinx, you owe me a liquor drink. <laughs> Later. <laughs> so I'll give you some of its statistics, just because I think I think that's what you're kind of owed after an encounter like this. Sure. It's got a 24 AC. Yeah, we. Yeah, that that sounds right. Uh, touch AC of 10. Okay. He's a big boy, right? He's, I'm sure he doesn't have crazy yeah. decks or or, defl- or uh, whatever the fuck goes into um, touch. He's got 79 health. Uh, his saves aren't very good, but they don't really have to be because he's a construct. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got DR5 adamantine, which you guys are used to with the other flesh, go- like the flesh golem hounds. Um, and then... He's obviously got the construct traits and is immune to magic. His four claws, which he can get off if he doesn't have to move to you, are um, plus 15 to hit. Oh, God. And they're 1d4 plus 7 plus rend. So rend if you land two. And then the rend is 1d4 plus 10. Uh (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a question for you. Is sure. it just one rend? Like hypothetically, because the to me a rend is if you have like two claws on someone and pull them apart. If he hits all four, does he get two rends? I don't know. Okay. 
<laughs> luckily, right. luckily, I don't luckily, think we had to worry that didn't about happen. it. That didn't happen once, uh, mainly because Ickmer was bodyguarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I thought it was two or more natural attacks. I think, I think, is, it, is, I think a it is. I just didn't yeah. know if there was like something where if you could effectively rend twice, you rend twice. So generally the way rend works is it's two or more natural attacks hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like in the table for the creature, it'll say what natural attacks are applicable for the rend. Sure. So sure. like in this case, it's, it only has claws, but it says uh, rend parentheses four claws, one D four plus 10. Mm-hmm. So generally I think it's, like like a weird circumstance, but if you got rend with like two claws, one bite, like it would just be any two of the three. Sure. Uh, I think that's the way Pathfinder does it. It does kind of make sense that maybe if you have four hits, you could rend twice, but... I, I think it's one of those things that like logically might make sense, but like mechanically it might not. Yeah, mechanically it might not. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it also has Berserk, which it didn't do. Yeah, you, me- you mentioned that in the episode. What is that? It's just a thing, it. a thing that golems have. Okay. Where they can go nuts. They kind of like haste and mm-hmm. start really pummeling one target. Sure. So this thing already in its tactics is like it gets angry at anything that moves and it, it keeps attacking something until it's dead. I didn't play it quite that way. I played it more the standard, like whoever dealt the most damage to it. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like you guys were surrounding it and it's going to be reactive to that. I thought that made a lot of sense. And for a creature that has that much damage output, um, that forces you into like a, a melee smackdown. Um, it, it made a lot of sense because you can't really, well, first our party doesn't have a whole lot of range capability. I know Freya's bringing a little bit to the table now, but like she's not specced into it. Right. Um, and it removes any sort of offensive magic. So we really just got to get up there and wail on it. The way the battle progressed, I it was it was nice to kind of trade off one after the other to spread out that damage to keep us all up. You know, by the end, Ikmer, Eclipse, and Matumbe were all basically on death's door, but we were all still in the game. If it did that real focus fire stuff, like one after the other, we're all going down. And I think it's it's kind of a choice, and I wanted to give you guys that choice. Like, you as Matumbe made some tough decisions in that combat, like, I'm going to back myself into a further corner in the hopes that I can kill, the, or, like, the, my friends can get the kill. Yeah. And you guys are, you know, backing away from combat, running back in when somebody else is in trouble, like... That's why I spread it out because I feel like that's much more tactical on both of us. On mm-hmm. on me, it's it's gimping myself a little bit, but for you guys, it's making tactical decisions that are like, hey, I know if I come in here and slam this thing, it's going to focus on me and take the focus away from Ikmer, who's turned into a wolf because he's below 20 HP and uh, is dying. It, it felt a little bit like... Uh like when you figure out the quirk of a boss in a video game and then you just kind of exploit it, right? Yeah. Where you, you you can't you nip at him from each side until he goes down and that's I mean another round or two we definitely could have had a character death. That was that was close. Yeah, if you full rounded any of you again, 
even Igmer with the DR, like Jesus Christ. God, the like, DR saved Igmer. Definitely. I mean, the DR saved Eclipse too because Igmer mm-hmm. kept going in because he knew if he's if he's soaking up three attacks, he's soaking up fifteen damage that nobody gets. Yep. So you. This was the first time. I mean, we've teased it, and you've you've teased out a little bit of the abilities that go along with Ikmer's corruption. But do you want to clarify for the fans right now? Is Ikmer corrupted? At this point, it's not on his character sheet, but the writing is sure. on the wall. Okay. I'm taking a little bit of creative liberties as to where the corruption shows up for now, but in T minus, I don't know, three episodes when we're done with uh, book two expect the the corruption to be in full swing and um him to be dealing with that yeah i uh i know emily kind of said it as a joke kind of at the end where she looks at matuba and she's like well what's your problem yeah and it kind of hit me in a weird way that i was like yeah uh we've all changed a lot bad things are happening and freya you came in at a bad time a necessary time. Yeah. But like, these are characters that have changed a lot. And like you said, in the very near future are going to change potentially for the worse. Cause things They're are just not going the kind to get of people more... you party yeah. up with, right? Yeah. Like you partied up with them because you met them at Lauren Moore's funeral. They're mm-hmm. not the kind of people you party up with now. Yeah. And that's kind of, that was kind of my implied sentiment at the end of, that I was just like, do you understand you're doing this out of your own volition? Like, you can walk away at any time. Like, yeah. you might not want to be around us. And not that I want Freya to leave. That's ridiculous. But a sane person might be like, oh, these guys are fucked up. Like, yeah. I mean, you you tied it together very well at the end of that episode where it's like, you know, especially uh, Brooks and Haley with... Ikmer and Eclipse, but also Matumbe kind of just responding to their bullshit is like, you know, giving Freya a hard time, like shitting on Freya. And at the end of that episode, Matumbe was very much like, you definitely saved our asses in this last thing. Like, they're shitty people because of this. Like, they're not, you know, they're not really themselves. If they're making fun of you or doing whatever, they have baggage that they're dealing with. And, and I think that's a little, in my mind, when that question, well, what's wrong with you? There's no mechanical thing wrong with Matumbe. There's no, I mean, there's a lot of mechanical things wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Should really fix it. There's, there's, there's no, there's, there's no corruption going on. There's no like active craziness, but what's happening to him, at least in my mind is a, is a moral corruption where he's seeing Eclipse like fraying at the ends and more or less just letting that happen. Yeah. And he's seeing Ikmer also starting to spiral down. And although he's being supportive of Ikmer is kind of in his own logical way, letting that happen because he just saw that we very well could have lost that fight and all been killed if Ikmer didn't cut loose a little bit. Well, he's also the one actively fueling this revenge thing. Yep. That they, like he's pumping the party up combat after combat now. 
to to take revenge for Lyra dying, and it's like I don't even know that he believes it himself, but he knows that like that's that feeds right into what Eclipse does. That makes her potentially stronger if she's angrier. Like he knows that Ikmer goes off. And and would would Matumbe have done that a month ago, like in game a month ago? Probably not. No, 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 for sure not. No, he would kind of probably just remove himself or, you know, try and be more of a moral center where now, like, he sees a goal and he knows what needs to happen to achieve that goal. And he's going to, like, fan the fires just a little bit and try and fan them, like, just enough where it doesn't go out of control. <laughs> but it could. Yeah, it could. Um, so it's been fun. And we are coming up on the end of book two. Don't spoil anything right now, but how crazy is this finale going to be, man? Like, I'm I'm stoked. You've been very excited about this for a while. Dude, I mean, this is this is what you dream about. Like, when you when you think about bringing together AP and and homebrew and like backstory, this is the combat. This is the first taste of what the HLP can do to a story. And I think listeners, you're going to fucking love it because like what I have prepared for this is bonkers and it's way harder than what they should be facing. And it's going to be fun. And, um, you know, you had to have expected it at this point. Mm -hmm. Now you got to expect that Dr. Saloon, Dr. Vivian Malice, who's been woven in since episode 40 something is is gonna be a part of this finale and I think it's really the first taste of um, of how we're changing this story in my opinion for the better or at least for uh, the more tailored to our style of play so I want you to look at this from an objective perspective and then we can move on to our listener questions here we're facing Dr. Saloom and who knows what else I'm assuming some form of flying monstrosity, but I honestly don't know. Um, one, how, you know, scale of one to 10, how difficult is this fight compared to what we've done? And two, how many more deaths do you expect? So uh, completely objectively, not hyping anything up, just saying based on how difficult this is and how you guys have been performing is, could this be, deadly so I'll give you a couple of tidbits that kind of will inform the answer to this question you guys are supposed to hit level 7 at the end of this book you just hit level 7 because I think you're completely wiped at level 6 that black pudding was supposed to deal equipment damage I knew without all of your equipment at perfect condition this is a party wipe. Cool. This is by far the hardest combat you will have faced in the entirety of what we've done for 76 going seven. I don't know what we're on this week. 77 probably is coming up or eight. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we'll be recording the next one we're going to record is 78. Yeah, so it'll be the hardest thing that's happened in in all of those episodes if you don't play your cards right. 
but you've seen what having like a cleric in the party can do. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be very swingy. I think it's, um, I'm, I'm only going to bet on one character death now. Um, mainly because I think Freya is going to be able to keep Ick up with DR. If the, if the cards are down, I think Ick has decent saves, very good AC. He can at least tank for a while while the rest of you figure this combat out, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. This is, this is going to be a big one. A third of the way through the adventure as a whole, and shit's going down. I'll be sad if Matube goes, because so, I don't know uh, if anyone else can write a eulogy as nice as the one you wrote for Lyra. <laughs> You're gonna have to like write it and give it to someone else. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. Um, maybe just the other players need to step it up. I'll write you one. I'll have Seymour come in and say it. Beautiful. You are like. Uh, oh no! You are like the scales of justice, always balanced. Oh no! <laughs> it's got to be just as long as the one I had for Lyra. Okay, yeah. Give me four and a half minutes. I don't know if I can do that voice that long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if Matuma dies, that would suck. Uh, but I know this is going to be tough. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we leveled up a little early. I'm excited that now was the time I decided to multi-class for this fucking, level up. Fucking bonkers. Um, I, you know, it, it's weird because this is when this it's going to drop at a weird time. Griffin will in your listeners' ears, Griffin will have already heard my multi-class. Yeah, but right and, now and I don't know everything what it behind is. it. But he doesn't know right now what I what I'm planning on doing, and I think it's going to work. We'll see. I mean, it's probably not, but I think it's going to work. Worker gets you killed. Exactly. It's it's swinging. But Griff, we've been at this for a little while. I think it's time to get into the listener question segment of this. Definitely, man. Let's do it. So. The first question, um, in the spirit of the year ending and celebrating 2019 and really the decade as a whole, our good buddy, the young squire, Petty Pants, asks, what would you say is the meme of the decade? Damn, the meme of the decade. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot, dude. Yeah, it's tough. What do you think, man? Oh, I got a couple. Man. I don't know what it is, and it's not the meme of the decade for everybody, but it's the meme of the decade for me. Here come that boy. Oh, I love I that. Almost I just like, boy, I yeah. fucking, I laugh every time. I love that boy. I don't understand why. I don't know why. Yeah. Right. Just here come that boy. Oh shit, yeah. he coming. I particularly like, I saw um, the movie poster for the boy in the striped pajamas. The, like That boy in the striped pajamas. Yeah, this like really touching Holocaust movie and it's that boy in the striped pajamas. <laughs> it's like, oh God, that's terrible, but really funny. Um, I wrote down, Doge, I really like that that dog. Oh, he's, Doge. He's a funny yeah. dog. Um, and then again, yeah, not maybe the meme of the decade for the world, but for me, I'm a big fan of the pass the ox cord. There you go. Where either you pass the ox cord, you get kicked out of the car, you pass the ox cord, and you have that like guy doing the really intense dance to, for like... Thomas the Tank Engine theme or something. <laughs> Fucking great. That's right. So those are our answers. Um, you decide. How about uh, hit up the HLP with uh, the hashtag. Here's my best meme. Here's my best meme. Here's my spiciest meme. There you go, guys. That's definitely a very exclusive HLP hashtag. <laughs> All right. Um, 
We also got a question the other day from our buddy Rusted Chrome, and I haven't seen him ask a question in a while, so as soon as I saw him drop one into our little Zone of Truth questions thing on our Discord, I knew he had to respond, and it's a really good question. It's a three-parter, actually. Who would be the best characters, PC, NPC, or villain, one, to have drinks with, two, watch your back in a bar fight, or three, not or, and three, wake up next to you in a hungover haze the next morning? Oh boy! Do you want to go, let's do these one at a time. How about that? Yeah, sure. So right. to have drinks with, I wrote down Zokar. Like that seems pretty. Zokar ace in the hole. Zokar just provides. He's like he's he's so nice and he's given like from episode mm-hmm. three. He's bringing trays of shots. Right, and, but I f- I feel like if you sit down and have like a beer with him, I f- he just seems like a character that would have good stories. And if I'm just drinking with one person, I want to sit down and pound back beers and hear cool, crazy old stories. And I f- and I feel like Zokar would be able to deliver that. He seems like he has a past. I think in that same vein, uh, Sajira would be really fun to sit down with and have okay. a beer because I she just. She sees so much, mm-hmm. and we t- we almost covered this when we talked about Emily potentially going into like the harrower class and stuff. But Sajira has that vibe and that power, that divination power, even though she's kind of new in terms of character level in it. And mm-hmm. so, much like Ikmer spending the one night, like getting you know getting his fortune told and and finding out all that backstory information, which was a really cool episode, by the way. That was one of the travel episodes between uh, It's Just a Phase and when you guys got to Lepidstad. Um, But I just think that would make her very interesting to drink with. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I especially... um, You're right, somebody who has that kind of divination... Uh, flair to them, and also she's in this traveling carnival group. Oh yes, yeah, of so course she, was... she has like crazy shit to talk about. Right, she's seen like the entire the entire region. She hangs out with very interesting people. Your Seymour Wieners, your um, your troop of the Pinhead Ladies, Prince Czar, Prince Czar, all these cool folks. Really, really interesting people. And I bet that the folks in the uh, the Crooked Kin today are not all the same folks that they were, you know, when she joined. Like, did they have a different strongman? Do they have a different, like, clown group? That kind of like, that kind of yeah. fuels my kind of runner-up. Like, I think Captain Caleb would be really fun to drink Ooh, with yeah. in that same vein because he's probably, I mean, he started the the carnival, the Crooked mm-hmm. Ken, and so he knows everybody that's been in and out of it and, and has dealt with every every town they've gone to, every city they've gone to, things like this, like that draw the carnival there, like the trial of the beast. Yep. You know, it's it's like he goes to cities all the time because of crazy shit happening that would draw a crowd. Yep. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that would be fucking great. Like, just imagine getting a drink with him, you know, in-game a couple months from now, and he starts reminiscing about the time that they showed up to Lepidstat and got involved in like the trial of the century and had to free this big Frankenstein Fucking monster. Fucking defended like defending defended a town against hall. the town guard and he's the, defending for the town guard. Right, and he's the kind of person where you're having beers with him and you're like is this guy full of it? Like there's no way any of this is real but it actually happened. Like yeah. the, that just it just seems like a lot of fun to, to drink with somebody like that. 
Um, how about when you're drinking with somebody and everything goes to hell and you need someone to watch your back in a bar fight? I think this is an easy one. For you. For me. Come on, it's Ikmer. Like, he's going to bodyguard and in harm's way me in a, in a bar fight. Like, I could probably get beat up pretty easy. I need someone to take some hits for me. It'd be great. The Lopper. No, you can't be doing that, man. See, the Lopper. Come on. No, because here, here, this is this is where I, I take umbrage with that. Because when I was thinking about this, you know, hometown pride here a little bit, I was like, oh, you know what? Who who would have my back in a bar fight? Saw. Like that'd be great. He's a fucking brawler. But you just start killing people. You can't. You're gonna go to jail, man. Lopper's gonna do the same thing. He's gonna start chopping people up. You don't want to. You don't want to kill anybody in a bar fight. How are you fight. gonna go to jail? What do you mean? How do I want to go to jail? No. How are you gonna go to? You won't go to jail. You're, Saul would go to jail. Well, in that you're fighting with them. You're on the same team. We just got your back. Yeah, you're on the same team, man. Guilt by association. I took it as, uh, you know, for for instance, like Eclipse is drinking at a bar. Some sketchy dude is about to take her by surprise. Like the lopper is the eyes in the back of her head. Sure. So sure. like it's impossible get, to get the jump on her because she's got this spirit in her that is looking out mm. for her in a weird way. A lot of asterisks here. I get where you're coming from, but you're you're run of the mill bra- bar brawl. I think you're just going to want somebody to throw down a little bit with. Hey, so Lopper, that's where he's going to start murdering people. The Lopper didn't kill anyone in the in the siege on Town Hall. So. All right. Well, that's completely unrelated. He was at five points <laughs> of influence. <laughs> that's true. All right. Number three. Who would you want to wake up next to you in a hungover haze the next morning? I, I don't really know what he's asking here. I'm it's guessing like a sexual thing. In which case, I know exactly who you're looking for, Steve. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's, that's a hard pass oh, for me. What? It's, I'll, um, I'll take care of you in the morning. I got an answer if you don't. <laughs> I mean, I might have an answer. What's your answer? Uh, I'm going with Kendra for sure. The Dude, why Kendra too? Yeah, the amount yeah. of time she cooked you guys breakfast. Yeah. And, like, she's just a generally pleasing human being. Yeah, I think yeah, for sure. She healed you guys up, like when you were feeling like shit a couple of times. Yeah, Kendra is like taking care of you guys. Honestly, hey, Sajira too. That'd be good. Time. Yeah, Sajira yeah. takes care of you guys. Like, uh, even like, I mean, would I want to wake up next to her? Probably not. But like, I feel like Embrith at least has your back. Sure. Like, that kind, of, you know. She and she's got a lot of money, like, mm-hmm. and she she takes care of shit around town. Sure, she got a lot of influence. Yeah, so it wouldn't be, you know. I was I, w- I was thinking about the the inverse of this. Who would be the worst to wake up next to in a hungover haze? Um, and I'm thinking Doctor Viv because if you're waking up to it next to her hungover, you're probably on an operating table. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> yeah. Uh, hungover from something other than alcohol, right? Because she probably <laughs> drugged you. Um, and is going to like fillet you alive or something. So that's bad. I think Brother Swarm would be the worst. That uh, that wraith, the wraith that uh, had all the eyes, oh, all the children. Yeah, that'd be pretty. Even bad. when he was alive, like obviously he was bad boy, you know, just a creep and a person that yeah. kind of deserved what he got. Definitely. All right, we only have one more question tonight, man. 
And I've been sitting on this one for a while. I think it's going to be fun. This one comes from Mr. Hootington. Which HLP player is which Always Sunny in Philadelphia character? I really haven't thought about this ahead of time because I want I want to kind of brainstorm this with you on air, Griffin. Do you think um, the before we get into the brainstorming, do you think because it's like there's five main members of the cast and five main members of the cast that it's asking like which of the main members is everybody? I think that's probably implied. I think that's implied, and that's what I, yeah. I don't want to go down the road of Gale like the snail. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, go down the road of side it. side characters if if uh, you know that's not what the question is asking. Let's stick to the core five. Let's stick to the core five. Um, hmm. Oh boy, I think uh, Haley's D. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times she like yells at us for doing dumb shit like trying to oh, yeah like trying to uh <laughs> or getting mad at each other for drinking the the peppermint moonshine uh yep. i feel like she's kind of she mother hens us the most and of all the characters d tries to mother hen like it doesn't always work mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. sometimes she tries to and i think that's kind of the same space yep um boy i I'm kind of feeling a Brooks Charlie Kelly thing going on. You think? Yeah, I think so. I could see that. I mean, yeah. he is kind of the wild card. He is the wild card. I he mean, is the wild card. It's established. Um, boy, this is what this is where it gets a little. This tough. is where it gets hard. I'm trying to think of like what Emily could possibly be because she's not shitty like the always yeah. sunny people. Um. Because you're, you're, I mean, you're Dennis. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Let's be real. Through and through. <laughs> like, 100%. Uh, you're ner- Dennis. Vain, neurotic, uh, <laughs> looks to be good with people, but is not. And I like to think I'm pulling in the Frank for funding this whole thing. Oh, I, I mean... There's more reasons. Well, right. There's more right. reasons I mean, than just that. I mean, it's probably the <laughs> Magnum condoms for my Magnum dong. I thought it was monster condoms for my Magnum dong. What are the other? Um, <laughs> little column A, little column B. Uh, you know what? I, actually, I, I there's another piece of uh, evidence here. When we get really drunk and it's like three in the morning and we want to order White Castle, you're just trying to download a hoagie off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the times I crawl out of couches naked. It does happen more content. than you think. Yeah. Uh, so in the main cast for Emily, that leaves Mac. That leaves Mac and which is a fine. I mean, if you're gonna fit. do an analog to Emily, Emily, I think like Mac's just as good as any right yeah I, realistically like who would she be d as well like i mean I, hear me out on this one so i know i know we said we're not going to the ancillary characters um but yeah but she's think, a waitress think, right well, think because about, he's he's charlie charlie's mom oh god charlie's mom <laughs> such a good one <laughs> So, so Mac, if we're doing the regular characters, Charlie's mom, if we're branching out, yeah, uh, yeah that Charlie's mom's fair, yeah, because they uh, Brooks and Emily have that relationship a little bit where Brooks will do something wild and Emily will just be like, Oh, don't no, Brooks, no, does that make Brooks Santa Claus? Well, I guess so, <laughs> as well as Charlie, yeah, I guess so. So, uh, 
guess you're welcome for that answer. <laughs> but I think that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good answer, and I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up, man. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah. I think we need to do the uh, Aaron L Awards again. Oh, geez, the Antrellis Awards giving out give out Aaron L's. Um, again next year I had a lot of fun doing that I hope you did as well I hope the people at home enjoyed it um, remember if you want to hear more bits on the show just tell me more bits you give me the bits and as always if you have questions that you want to hear us answer they don't have to be about Pathfinder but they can be clearly um, they don't have right. to be about Pathfinder um, they could be technical in nature we haven't had we haven't fielded a technical question in a while oh yeah we'd love to do that I mean we upgrade we've upgraded the s- setup since we've Gotten a technical question, I think. For sure. Um, or, uh, you know, just re- really anything. Like, assign beers to people. I don't know. What Simpsons My dad already did that. Shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, just fun. Hit us up on our Discord. If you haven't joined our Discord already, I don't know what you're waiting for, but it's a big old community. There's a whole ton of people in there talking about TTRPGs, um, other shows, our show, movies, uh, fucking music, all that kind of stuff. It's a good time. You should join. And you could ask us questions. But also, you know, as much as we want you to join our Discord, if you're not a Discord person, you can still send us questions. But, via, but how could they do that, Griffin? Via how could, email. How, how could they get to us? Or Twitter, or even Instagram DM, or maybe it's a Facebook message, or uh, I don't know, any social media you can think of, but we're the Hideous Laughter Podcast at gmail.com. At Laughter Hideous on Twitter. I'm Hideous Laughter GM on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know the Instagram. <laughs> and for full disclosure, I don't remember the rest of the handles. But uh, fuck it. But at this point, we'll do it live. I don't think it's going to be that hard to find us. So just reach out if you have any questions. We'll answer them. But I mean, also to be honest, Steve definitely places preference on the Instagram or on the uh, Discord. Discord. Uh, Discord messages definitely. Um, but in the meantime. Let's finish up these beers, Griffin. Let's get on downstairs. We got some mini painting to do tonight, right? Dude, I've been hitting a fucking stride doing that. Yeah. I've been enjoying myself. This afternoon, I painted a mini for like three hours. (laughs) (laughs) My hands hurt, but I'm going to keep doing it. We're going to paint minis. We're going to blast some music. We're going to eat tacos. Probably watch a Nicolas Cage movie and have have a party. Pass out spooning. Classic night. Absolutely. Well, is there anything you want to tell the people home? Uh, a couple things, actually, Steve. Oh, okay, sure. If, if you haven't heard from our other episodes, we're at least me and Steve, if not others, are going to be at PaizoCon at mm-hmm. Origins at Gen Con and potentially another con. I don't know. We oh, I haven't we'll, signed up for this yet. Well, no, we haven't signed up yeah. for it, but like, I think, I think wherever the most of you are, so get in touch with us. You know, if you guys want us to go to PAX East in Philly or something, or about, you want us to go Dragon to Dragon Con, Con yeah. yeah. Like, we only explored these three cons, and really, me and Steve were the only ones that went to all three last year. I mean, they were a, a blast. A, they, that's all you need to see, right? Like, all right. You don't, I mean, you don't, yeah, come well, on. since we've quit the regular show and it's exactly. just the zone of truth, obviously, you just want us there. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, I. What I would say to the listeners is I would love to hear from you if you guys are going to a con and it's not one of those three cons, hit us up. We might be able to make something else or yeah. or some of us might be able to do it, you know, and, and we would love to meet up with more people this year. We met up with a ton of people last year and 
that's one of the most fun parts about doing this. Like, obviously, we're not doing it as a professional career, but when we get to meet you guys and get to hang out with you guys, even when you're like driving through Columbus and you're like, oh, hey, I know these guys like you want to grab a beer. Yeah, we, we've actually fielded a couple of those already where um, some, you know, folks have been in town or who live in Columbus already who have just been like, hey, I really like your show. Do you want to grab a beer sometime? And we do. Like, yeah, we don't have anything we better do. to do. Like, Well, we just love doing that. Yeah. Like, even if we had something better to do, like reach out to us. Don't feel like you're imposing. Don't feel like you're imposing by recommending a con. I think I, that's what I would ask for the second year of the zone of truth is, uh, you know, tell us more cool shit to do. We'll do it. Yeah. But we will. With that, I need everybody to finish their drinks because we'll see you in two weeks. Later.